Hello and welcome. My guest today is Cole Hastings. Cole is a YouTuber with nearly 500,000 subscribers. And in this conversation, we spoke about how after three years of posting videos, he still knew he was going to make it. What makes for a good YouTube video, his most important habits that have led him to success, what it was like to write a book, how much he is his real self online, and much more. This was a fascinating conversation. I'm so grateful for Cole, and I'm so grateful this one was in a studio, in immaculate setting. Go check that out on YouTube. Also check out the sponsor of today's show, and that is Arthi and Shiram's Good Time Show. They've interviewed people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Anthony Pompliano, Elon Musk, Palmer Luckey, Rich Roll, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Andreessen, the who's who of technology. I actually interviewed them as well on episode 275 of this podcast. They shared that podcast on their own channel, and their show is incredible. I highly recommend it, and it is one that I am looking to when I'm looking for the latest in technology and to see what's on the cutting edge. So check out Arthi and Shiram's Good Time Show. That would mean the world to me. And also, while you're at it, if you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast. That's how this show grows. That's how people will continue to see it. It's very hard and difficult to grow a podcast, but if you tweet it, text it, put it in your group chat, or make it your Instagram story, those all help grow the show. And if you got value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you pass it along. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get into this episode with Cole Hastings. I had to come to terms with, and it took a really long time, that no matter what you say, no matter what your intention is with a piece of content, someone's, a different person, each different person is going to perceive that content differently. They're going to take something different out of it, no matter what, what your intention is with it. So a lot of my videos, the intention is like, positive like this is what i want you to get out of it and then i'll see a comment that's like it's so stupid how you thought that blah 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 it's like i didn't think that what do you what do you mean take me through cup stacking (laughs) okay why were you so into cup stacking as a young lad i don't know i guess i just grew an obsession with the way it looked on YouTube. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos on cup stacking and just the way they were able to do it so quickly with their hands and it was something easy to set up and I knew I could do it in my room. And just watching other people make videos about cup stacking, it was like, I wanna make videos about cup stacking too. I don't know, I just, that's the way it came about. And so I think I got like my first set Christmas and after that, I would lock myself in my room and just cup stack. I got pretty good at it. I don't think I ever got to the point where I would be a professional, but it was fun. I wouldn't tell any of my friends about it because I just thought it was embarrassing. And I'm sure you've seen what I've said in the that video where I explained it, but there was one time during gym class where our gym teacher actually brought out this cup stacking gear and that was like part of our curriculum for like a week or something and 
I had to make sure nobody knew I was doing this in secrecy. So I purposefully tried to look bad at cup stacking while we were doing it in gym class just to make sure my friends like so I could fit in make sure my friends don't know I'm doing this in my free time and filming myself doing it in my free time as well were you posting those videos on YouTube I wasn't so that was when I was using my parents old camcorder that you literally had to put a videotape into mm. back in those days and if you wanted to like re-edit something or delete something you'd have to literally like record over it on the tape tape so yeah that was a that was an interesting period of, in my life where i was just ripping my parents camcorder all the time making skits with my friends uh stop motion lego movies that's kind of where my obsession with making videos began and i never thought it would lead me to actually start making videos professionally but <laughs> here we are the what sticks out to me about the whole thing is the obsession mm -hmm. and like obsessing over something so clearly and so specifically and then feeling uncomfortable about it or feeling like insecure in some way and then now it's like your obsessions are actually your unique gifts that you're so grateful to have it seems like mm -hmm. so take me through that progression and how or when you felt as if your obsession was something you were actually proud of when my obsession was something I'm proud of, uh, I think it took me a really long time to accept who I was as a person. Growing up, I had two different friend groups. One was called the Weed Kids because we just smoke weed, play video games, more of like the nerdy guys. And then the other was, I guess we could call the the group chat name which was sigma kai was it sigma kai? i don't know something like that but our group chat name was a fraternity name and it was the initials of my school which was like chs oh, i was kai sigma that's what it is kai sigma chs so you can kind of get a sense for what we what i would do with that group of friends we would go out party uh do very degenerate things and with that, I love those guys. I love both my friends groups. Like we had ton of fun. Like I love those guys to death, but I feel like part of me wasn't able to fully be myself with them as opposed to the, the weed kids. I don't know. I guess I could bring out my nerdy side and feel like I wouldn't get judged for it with the weed kids. And that continued until I would say until I got, towards the end of college, like right at the end of college, I never wanted to fully accept who I was and tell people who I was and express myself the way I fully wanted to express myself until I like actually felt like confident, fully confident in who I was and my success with all my stuff. Now it's like, I don't know. I think a lot of confidence comes from really doing something for a really long time and then seeing progress in it and keeping promises to yourself on that thing that you'll show up and keep doing that thing and that's where a lot of my confidence came from well at least to be myself even though i was i was faking my confidence in a way for a long time too which is another way to kind of bring out confidence is fake it till you make it i think a combination of those two things uh, but i'm getting off track here i think uh 
once I finally started to see success and started to transform my beliefs about uh, the people I hung out with and what their perspective on reality looks like, why they, why they would be unaccepting of me. And I realized that even if they were, it's like, they have a certain reality they are occupying that is it's it says in their reality that this type of person who has these types of characteristics is a nerd hmm. and perhaps that aligns more with just the over overall society just fitting in being normal uh certain characteristics equal being nerd and when i realized how stupid that whole concept was i was like why like why would i ever try to suppress something within me just so i can appeal to some people who have had their beliefs created by society and other people over the years why not just do whatever the fuck i want i guess basically so well it's like certain beliefs equals nerd equals bad right it's like why why is that bad to be a right. nerd right is also worth questioning or or thinking about right and something else that i've said in videos in which i've explained that type of stuff is sometimes the nerdy stuff it becomes the popular kid thing like so anime like, right? right was like the an, example like anime so it's like it might become the popular thing anyway just do it like just just be who you want to be talk about what you want to talk about if you're really interested in it and it'll be much easier for you to attract the right people in your life and also just like succeed in other areas of your life because you'll when you gain that confidence to just do whatever you want then you will have an easier time uh believing in yourself too 100 percent. so when you were starting your youtube channel you it seemed like from watching a few of those videos that you were sharing some part of the journey with people close to you were you sharing it with everyone and how do you go about the process of sharing something you created because i used to do this all the time too i think it's helpful for people it's like what i would do is i would create something in the past and i didn't want anyone to know about it until it had some legs until right. i knew like all right it could stand on its own yes. and i think there's some benefit to that but i also think that this podcast was one thing where i was open about immediately and the reason for that is because i felt like it was so deep in me and it was so me that I couldn't not share it. Like I wanted people to see it. Mm. I didn't feel uncomfortable when people stumbled upon it. I was excited. Mm. And so that was a good sign that it was something close to my being. So yeah. take me through that journey for you. <laughs> I still think till this day, honestly, I like when someone tries to pull up one of my videos around me, I'm like, just watch it on your own time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't know. It's just like hearing myself and seeing my f close friends watch me. I'm like, dude, just, I don't know like this is is this stuff you're even interested in i'll try to like push it away i don't know i guess i still have some uh deep-seated who knows fear mm. or insecurity about it uh because i i do still say that till this till this day but when i first started off on youtube i did actually share it with my friends i remember my very first video i was like texting in the group chat like hey guys uh i decided to start a youtube on like personal development self-help stuff and they were pretty supportive. Like they were oh, they're like, I remember one of my friends, what did he say? Something along the lines of just trying to 
teach kids with absolutely no swag how to function in life just like down bad people i'm like kind of yeah <laughs> yeah that's kind of it uh so i was i was pretty open about it at the start and i was even posting it on all my social medias my real social media so i have a real instagram and then like my brand instagram hmm. real instagram is more for like my friends before i even started the brand instagram i was posting it on my real instagram i'd promote every single video i made on my stories snapchat story too a lot of people in my area knew about it like people who went to the same school as me growing up or kind of knew about me like they heard about this kid making youtube videos and you know my friends were supportive at first i definitely got roasted quite a bit by other people just outside of the circle i remember hearing things there's one girl i grew up with who was talking to one of my friends and she's like she would she said to the friend she asked him is this satire like is this guy serious right now because it was so vastly different from how i acted growing up uh partly because i didn't really do any sort of self-development type of stuff but also because you know i was afraid to talk about what i really wanted to talk about mm. and i guess i didn't know back then how much i enjoyed progressing myself and uh getting into self-development it wasn't even a concept in my head before i started like studying it and making videos about it so there was that girl and there, then there was another girl who posted i think like on her on her snapchat story like one of my videos and she's like look at how ratchet this guy is ratchet of city honors which was my high school i'm like <laughs> dude what the hell? i didn't really care at the start uh so i mean as far as like the progress from showing people i mean i feel like i've always shown people even though i was getting roasted and i had nothing to show for my for what i was doing it was like that's that's a very natural reaction to get from people when you're doing something outside of the norm or do trying to do your own thing is like how's this going to make you money what the fuck are you doing you should probably like think about what you're doing here like how how could this ever possibly become a thing and something just something in me just knew youtube was going to work out one day why i don't know but there's some sort of feeling voice intuition whatever you want to call it that has always known youtube would work out if i just kept posting videos even when it was three years into posting videos and i just got a thousand subscribers three years into posting videos and yes. you had one thousand subscribers yes. and you knew within you that this yes. was going to work out yes yes i remember one of my friends coming up to me at like a party he's like it was during around it was around that time and he was like yeah man i i hope it works out i mean that'd be dope and, be, and i was just like i know it is wow I just for some reason i just knew one day if i kept posting that i would be a youtuber what was the moment it felt different like the moment i was like i am a youtuber now the moment when i guess other people recognized or saw what you yourself knew was a reality since you started hmm. uh that's a good question i guess for like the majority of people who know about it from my hometown 
they probably like would actually give me some respect and rep rep some rep i don't know <laughs> they appreciate the rep yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they would after i hit like 100k probably yeah. but for like my closer friends probably once i was in vegas for a little while so i had three months where i lived in vegas with a couple other youtubers and then a couple people who i went to school with growing up city honors and that was an interesting time but that was right after my the first like viral video finally blew up and i was like it's time to make this shit a reality the things that i've been telling myself will happen are finally kind of starting to happen so i'm like let me move in with some youtubers in vegas focus on youtube double down on it Smart. and really make it my full-time job because it still wasn't back then i was just i mean i finally got monetized in 2020 after i started in 2017 and like it was making like i don't know a few hundred dollars a month or some shit like that and uh yeah that's when i went there and i think once the growth started happening some friends back home you know they were giving me some respect and then you know i've re i've really noticed it after the the 100k uh i remember being at a party specifically and i think everybody's i mean everyone's great to each other and you know, we're all close friends but there's one specific uh, uh incident where like this this girl came up to me you know she introduced herself to, well she didn't introduce herself to me i knew her and she introduced herself to me at the party on that day she was like hey what's up I'm like and then she brought one of her friends over she's like yo this dude just hit 100k subscribers and i'm like oh so that's how y'all are treating me now so now i'm so now i'm pretty high worth huh and it's funny to see even now when i interact with some people back in buffalo how much differently they treat me now mm. and a lot of the people who were roasting me back then are now saying congratulations will smith had this great thing where he was talking about when he became a movie star it suddenly the people around him didn't really know how to act because their perception of what he was was broken yeah and obviously you're not a movie star but you're your perception in people's eyes is way different now and now it's like they couldn't see that reality for you but you could see right. it for yourself right and it's just I, i'm curious about that that three-year phase because that three-year phase is what a lot of people listening to this might be in but they know i i'm curious like what did you do what did you build and like how did you mentally imagine the future or have such a clear picture of the future were there any practices that you did or were there any things that made you so confident or so clear on the vision i would say first off there was there was not a clear picture the only like clear thing was like become a youtuber and constantly affirm myself of that i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i just liked making videos i like putting them out there and i said to myself you know one day this is going to work out and perhaps that's good but maybe having a little more of a plan would have been better you know so it would take less than three years uh even though i was studying youtube and what worked what didn't throughout those three years um i think 
what I did during that time was, I guess, focus because now I feel like my editing has almost hit a plateau. Mm. I think during that time I was really experimenting with all different types of editing. Once I started getting into Adobe After Effects instead of just Premiere Pro, Adobe After Effects is really powerful. Can do a lot of motion graphics with it, just a lot of different cool effects. And almost every video I made back then, I would watch a YouTube tutorial on some type of After Effects effect or Premiere Pro effect. That's that's what what that period of time I think is what really made me like stand out in editing from other YouTubers. Is I would try to get one percent better with every video. I would tr try to get one percent better with each edit, and despite having an overarching theme of back then i mean for, so for a little while i started the channel of self-development and then it changed to fitness for a little while because i started picking up traction on my instagram and my instagram was all based around fitness so i'm like i'm gonna become a fitness youtuber and so the overarching thing around that time was like plant-based fitness so despite that being the overarching theme, you know, I would still like try all these different editing techniques and stuff like that. And I try to study other YouTubers, but to get in that mindset of success, I suppose it's, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure I read a lot of books that helped me change my mindset on things. Really when I first started getting into self-development, I was more so getting into like spirituality and like, again, just finding who I was apart from what people were telling me I was. And I feel like that during that time is when I was like deconstructing each belief I had about myself and transforming it into something that would actually be beneficial to me, which I realized I could do at that point in my life, sophomore year of college. So a bit of that. And I think uh, it's a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around this, if it even works or not. But I still, to this day, practice saying affirmations every single day before bed. And during that time, I was journaling a lot more and journaling affirmations, you know, like saying, I, Cole Hastings, am a full-time YouTuber. Now I look back on 2017, I have still have the journal from back then. And it's like, I wrote down exactly what I am now, like a full-time YouTuber, except I said I would have a fitness business back then, but it's not fitness mm. anymore. You know, I'd be a full-time YouTuber, be able to live anywhere and just get interviewed on the Danny Miranda podcast. Yes. That was in there as well. And specifically Crazy. Danny Miranda in a cool studio setup. <laughs> Why do you think that doing that is controversial? <laughs> because it's something that I do as well, and I didn't realize there was any controversy with it. I think it's just like it's it falls under law of attraction, and law of attraction's gotten some backlash because of the people who promote it mm -hmm. are kind of promoting like, "Yo, you keep doing this, you will be successful," and gonna keep it real they're like some people are not gonna make it even if they do try i think i think that if you continuously do something you get one percent better each time you do it and you do it for years potentially uh you'll get somewhere eventually you'll see something out of it but if you don't that means like you're doing something severely wrong 
and you need to switch up what you're doing. So in that way, I mean, it's like if you switch up what you're doing and then you keep going, eventually you'll see some sort of success out of what you're doing. But there's definitely in terms of law of attraction and like affirmation, I think there's some survivorship bias mm. being instilled there because like how many other people are doing affirmations and have been for years, but they don't have what they want yet. So that's where I think the controversy comes from. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's like, how, how would it actually help just saying things? I think this, what, what I like to think of is like the psychological sign, more scientific aspect of it mm. is what is called the, I think it's called Bader Meinhof phenomenon. So once you learn about a concept of something or you've been saying something a long time, you'll start to notice that thing more in your environment. Yes. So like if you've been watching a TV show, let's say about, I don't know, apples, right? You'll notice like apples that you usually didn't pay attention to that you see frequently you'd start to notice more. So the same thing with saying success affirmations or just really specific affirmations. I think it just primes your brain to like focus on the things that will lead you to what you are affirming. Yeah, makes sense to me. And, and it builds the thing that you want to get. It make, keeps it top of mind often. Yes. It's crazy how, how often we forget things yeah. and how like even the things that are most important to us, if we don't, if I don't remind myself of them often, I forget it and I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. And so the affirmations is a good way of keeping the thing top of mind. And yeah, it's been helpful for me as well. I'd love to talk to you about relationships because it's a topic that gets covered a lot on your channel. And I think you do it in a really, you do it in, in a, I like the, it's a full circle perspective from my vantage point in that you're able to clearly articulate things like this is the masculine, this is the feminine, this is how I'm viewing it all together. And I, I really enjoy that. And I also think it's something that I don't see talked a lot about by people who are trying to achieve big things and go to places. So for example, like I spoke to George Heaton of this, he owns this company called Represent. And it's, it's an incredible company, like I don't know, eight figures and just built a massive thing. And he didn't understand or didn't look for what he wanted in a woman or didn't like have that clear picture of that. So like, how should people think about relationships and how have you thought about them? Because you've spent a lot of time talking about them on the channel. Well, I was in a relationship or several relationships from the time I was, I think like 14 or 15 to 23. And I only took like one year break in between all of that. I think, uh, I think it's something you should try to experience to some extent as a teenager mm. if you think like you're definitely going to want to have a serious relationship in the future i just think majority of first relationships you get in don't last i don't know if there's statistics on that there probably is but you really don't understand relationships until you get into relationships and now it's it's absolutely getting more difficult 
to find a, a serious relationship, especially if you're a, a, a guy. And that's definitely, <laughs> you could say it's a pro it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, I guess the, the way I think about relationships was the question. Mm-hmm. I see relationships as it's only a, an extra benefit to my life. Mm-hmm. I think the way I view my relationship with my girlfriend right now is like, could I live without a woman in my life? Yeah. I did it for a couple of years. Uh, once my ex broke up with me when I was 23, about to be 26 now. Uh, but does the right woman help me be more confident in myself when I'm out with her? Does the right woman help support me when I'm struggling and thinking, overthinking the YouTube algorithm, (laughs) where my videos are ranking? One Uh, out of 10, 10 out of 10. Yes. That's uh, for those PTSD right now, honestly. Uh, That's, I mean, like the right woman can be an incredible, incredible, uh, addition to your life and be a, a great compliment to your life. Uh, honestly, I don't think I talk about relationships that much on my channel. I think I've made like three videos and I've watched all three of those. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want people to think that they need a relationship in order to complete their lives just because there's pressure to, and in previous generations, it was just like everybody was married because they had to get married pretty much. And there's way more people that are alone now. Like I do think people can enjoy the alone time they have much more than they think. So I guess overall in terms of relationships, it's like, it's a great benefit to your life. And I'm, I would much rather have a woman by my side who's supporting me, who's loving me the way that my girlfriend is. But if something were to happen one day, it's like my life wouldn't be over. And I feel like I've gotten to that mindset partly because of all the work I've done on myself, but partly because I've gone through it and learned from heartbreak already in the past. Mm. You mentioned a key part of that, which was your ability to spend time by yourself. Mm. Have you talked to me about meditation and actually spending time with yourself and that's the truest sense Mm -hmm. of it how has that played a role in your life i mean that's something i preach about all the time it's it's one of my biggest most impactful habits that i've ever adopted i started around that time i was getting like spirituality and self-development just like six seven years ago and there's only a small period of time in my life where i wasn't doing it like daily i think it's one of the best ways to be less stressed, to sleep better, have more emotional control, think with more clarity. I just think there's so many benefits to just sitting and doing nothing and being present, which is so needed nowadays when there's so much stimulation, when each video that you can find on TikTok is like 30 seconds long and you just scroll, scroll, scroll forever taking time to just sit with yourself, listen to your internal dialogue and your emotions and feelings, especially as a man where you're taught not to do that. You're kind of just taught to suppress it or avoid it 
are let it come out in very harmful ways like literally just sit down for 10 minutes a day just sit upright you can close your eyes if you want to or not and just kind of focus on the inward and outward outward of your breath that's how i started that's still what i do pretty much except i have my eyes actually open a little bit mm. the way i do it that's how i've always done it is i have them like half open i just find that it's easier for me to get into a meditative state and i it keeps me more alert in mm. like a meditative state as opposed to if my eyes are closed i could get kind of sleepy especially at night yeah i think uh the the biggest thing is how it increases what I like to call the pause. So the pause is the time between when the stimulus hits your senses and when you react to it. And increasing that pause is so important to not lashing out at people, not beating yourself up. Uh, just not doing something stupid and overreactive and emotional. Increasing, and the way to increase that pause is, or that or at least that I have is through meditation. So I think that's been the most helpful thing. The emotional control aspects, I feel like if everybody meditated, maybe <laughs> everybody would just stop the stupid ass debates. <laughs> all the time and getting angry at each other saying no you're wrong no you're wrong i'm right it's like sometimes that stuff crosses my mind but all the stimulus i get now it affects me so much less than it used to before i started meditating when i mean if something goes wrong or if i do something wrong and i feel guilty it's like immediate reaction is negative it's like fuck I got to beat myself up. I, I'm depressed now. It's like, no, let me think about what's, what this is, what's happening before I just immediately react to it and evaluate what's going on with, within me, within the situation, get a better, clearer picture of the situation of what someone said to me, of what I did wrong. And, uh, just think for a few seconds before I decide to react to it. What would you tell somebody who's been thinking about, oh, I, I should meditate. I know I should, but I haven't actually taken that step. I would say maybe try to incorporate it. Not, not even like setting aside a time for it, but just incorporate it into something you already do. Mm. So <laughs> this might be TMI. Somehow I just thought this might come up today, but for so I meditate two times a day, one in the morning, one at night. And in the morning, I actually do it when I'm going to the bathroom. Nice. So it's killing two birds with one stone. It's awesome. But it's like, it's like that. Like I'm already sitting up. It's like, just do it then. I don't know. Put your phone away for however long you're on there, like 10 minutes, and just do it then. Or when you're completing a task on your computer or something, just like roll your chair back a few feet and just sit there for 10 minutes and just focus on the inward and outward of your breath you can start with that but the linking is really powerful yeah and i want to highlight that because i whenever i found success doing a habit it's because i've linked it to something else right so for me i have a kitchen timer and the kitchen timer serves as a 
as a way to link the behavior with something that I see every day. Right. I wake up, I see the kitchen timer. All right, it's time to meditate. Right. So linking is super important. I, I've never heard anyone say, oh, they do it while they're taking a shit. That's so smart. And so, so smart. smart. I, <laughs> yeah. I genuinely think it is because you have to do that every day. Uh-huh. For most people, it's like they're, they're at right. least taking one poop a day. And so if you can do that, it, it allows you to not have to think about, oh, should I meditate? No, it's like you're, you're taking a shit. So you're, right. going, to, right. you're going to meditate. Mm. It's cool. I like yeah. that a lot. I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> I just did it because I like to save time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's meditation has played a critical role in your life and you sp- speak about it often. Are there anything else? You've talked about affirmations. What other key pillars would you say? You're like, my life is different because of this. Definitely lifting weights. Uh, that's like the top things for me are like journaling, lifting weights, meditation, maybe reading is mm. up there as well. Yeah. Lifting weights that, that was my first glimpse of how confident of a person I could be was when I started seeing progress in the gym. And this was my freshman year of college is when I started to get into it. And over the years I've gone on and off with how I work out, how much I work out, but when I first started to see like the newbie gains, it's that was the first time where I was like, I wouldn't say the first time actually, uh, but one of the first times where I was like, damn, I can do something and see visible progress in it. And that visible progress has a return on investment in my real life because other people will treat me differently. It's like, wow, this is really incredible. And not only that, but it helps me sleep better, helps me think better like meditation all these things it leaves me less stressed and i'm accomplishing something so yeah lifting weights is definitely up there for me too love that what do you think so it's it's so interesting dissecting and and seeing the story unfold because i noticed like all these little things that you did right lift weights meditate affirmations try to get one percent better for the youtube videos all of that led to this moment and all of that led to where you are today and that's a pretty incredible insight and like in the moment i'm sure each one of those things was just like oh like i'm adding a little bit or i'm, I'm doing what i want to help myself in the future but when you look at it in totality it's like those all added up into something way bigger right than either than any one of those habits do you think about that often of like wow like they all stacked up to an incredible place I, uh, I think I do. Yeah, I, I think each one has has played a role, and I've adopted and unadopted other habits in my life. But those have been the the core things that have all taken one step at a time for me to get to a point where the steps get much larger, mm. much more monumental. Because the progress when you first start all this stuff and you adopt each thing, it's like, this is what your progress looks like, maybe even down for a little while. But eventually it curves up in an exponential curve and you start to see way more progress and success and financial success than what you're even putting into it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but it took a long time to get to that point, yeah. Talk to me about the self mastery course. When did you want to come out with that? And when, when did you feel comfortable enough 
where you could say, all right, I've done enough work on myself that I can now teach other people how to do it as well. Mm -hmm. I think I felt comfortable releasing something like that maybe a year or two ago, mm. but I didn't really take action on it until this past year. I remember writing, I'm going to make your course one day in like 20 started or end of 2020. And it didn't happen until 2022. But uh, the whole idea behind that was like, I've gotten to a point where I want to stop focusing, focusing so much on just like optimizing each video and trying to, I don't know, just focus on the videos and how I, what I'm doing and more so like get more of a connection with my community online. And because of the course and because of that source of income, I could stop relying so heavily on YouTube and I'd be comfortable where I am financially to the point where I could spend less time thinking about money, more time thinking about let's help individual people talk to them individually and give them a complete roadmap towards the way that I've achieved a state of self-mastery even though that's a constant work in progress. So that was really the, the intention behind it was like connect more with my community, get another source of income. And just, it, it's been, it's been so awesome being with the, the, the self mastery community, but the whole course is like the idea behind it is there's four sections, which are self-awareness, shadow work, developing healthy habits and building, uh, beneficial life philosophy and i feel like that encapsulates everything i've learned and all the content i've made but in a very detailed structured manner where i give people worksheets to do with each video it's like my youtube videos are like the appeal to the algorithm but also super engaging but kind of they don't go super deep usually because i've just found on youtube the simplest advice is what performs the best it's just what people seem to be impacted by the most on youtube or the algorithm promotes that but with the course it was like i was able to dive much deeper into each topic that i've talked about on youtube and show people exactly what to journal about or write on this worksheet for your specific life your subjective problems which I feel like a lot of YouTube videos lack where it's just like, Hey, you journal, you work out like all the stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> Funnily enough. Uh, yeah, you'll like your life will be better. And yeah, it will. But what about those people who have some form of trauma or some sort of serious psychological distress where no matter how many YouTube videos they watch and try to apply what's been said in the video, it's like, I can't be fixed. That's what they say about themselves. And so I wanted to make a course for people like that, uh, who wanted to get a little deeper into why they feel the way they do about themselves, where it came from, figure out the root of their problems so that the stuff that makes you feel better about yourself, working out, meditating actually feels good and will actually produce results. Uh, and yeah, since then, you know, it's, I've loved being in the community. That's part of it. Of course, we've been talking about it. The exclusive community has allowed me to talk to some of my most loyal following 
and we're in there every day kind of talking to each other hyping each other up people sharing sharing their wins and stuff it motivates me to be honest to be in there to see all those guys improving themselves because i'm certainly not perfect i'm certainly not a self-improvement god trust me like everybody listening at home like these people you're looking up to and watching in the self-improvement space they're they're pretty average people <laughs> i'm gonna be honest like I'm a, I'm a very average person i'm on youtube all the time i'm be, i'm procrastinating all the time it's like so sometimes you know i like seeing what what that community is doing as well and uh yeah it's just been it's it's been awesome i've been really enjoying talking to everybody getting in group calls and stuff like that sounds amazing Talk to me about the shadow work piece of it because it's one thing we haven't spoke about, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious, how do you help people with doing shadow work and what is that? So shadow work it was coined by the uh, psychologist Carl Jung and it's essentially this idea that everybody has a shadow side of them that mm -hmm. they project onto their reality. So the shadow self is the things that you can't accept or come to terms with in yourself that you hate usually project onto other people like things that really trigger you about other people it's probably something that's within yourself that you haven't come to accept fully accept yet because we all have evil more evil negative sides to us that's just kind of what being a human being is like and I feel like the people who are the most calm and actually the most kind are the ones that have accepted that there's actually a part of them that's negative, that's yeah. angry, mean, egotistical. Once you get to the point where you accept those things, you just have a much easier time functioning throughout life and not getting so triggered by other people or things in your reality. So in that section, kind of talk about like, projections triggers thinking about what what it is that you hate about other people uh that could be within yourself and what it takes to really accept that and fully accept all sides of yourself and not try to run away from a part of yourself like i was doing as a kid uh but also in a way in the way that like the parts of yourself that are just that most people would deem to be negative. Yeah, it's so funny, man, because when I think back to what would make me cringe as a kid, it was people putting themselves out there. Mm. And it's like, right. what am I doing now? It's just putting myself out there. Right. So it's interesting looking at the places in which you cringe or you would comment that that's so cringe or that's so weird that someone's doing that. Well, like, look at that. Yeah. Analyze that. Yeah. Ask yourself why that is. I think that's a really impactful practice. For you, what were the things that made you cringe that you are you have come back to and had to look at and analyze yeah my triggers <laughs> so i think i've talked about this before on a video but so, i mean i've i've said it in public anyway uh there's a very popular self-improvement youtuber hamza i don't know if you've heard of him yes so I used to get super jealous at him. You know, he's got more success than me. He's got more subscribers. Why are so many people watching him? So many people following him? Why are people giving him so much money? Like he just, he's just doing it for the money. And I was like, okay, why do I feel that way? So I looked at myself and 
a part of me wanted to feel like I was a more virtuous person, which I don't know. Like I, I'm, I don't like selling out in any manner, hmm. but like for me to think all those things about him, but then also employ a lot of what he does, like marketing techniques and whatnot and saying certain things. It's like, to an extent I do that, not exactly in the way he does it. Cause I think he's much more polarizing than me, but I couldn't come to terms to, to I couldn't come to terms with the fact that I'm polarizing sometimes. And I do those things that he does sometimes when I finally just accepted it. And I've talked to him before. I've had him on my, my podcast actually. And we're, we're friends now. It's like, I accepted that part of me that I didn't like in him. It's like, now I see him. I'm like, good fucking shit, man. Mm. Like, I'm happy that he is at the level he's at now, which is crazy. How did you come to terms with that? Uh, I guess it's just understanding the reality that we live in America in a time where capitalism is pre prevalent and how much you're making is important and like what you do, the way you market yourself. Like I don't want to say you have to sell out because you don't, uh, but you have to make a living off of what you're doing here. And like, because of that, you're going to have to market things and market yourself in a certain way and say certain things. You know, I, I say YouTube Cole Hastings, he's a little bit different from real life Cole Hastings who you're seeing right now just in a more natural environment it's just a fact and i know i have to play a certain game with this reality to make a living and that's not to say i'm like inauthentic in my videos what i talk about is everything i'm typing everything i believe in everything i promote i believe in but just understanding like the reality of the situation like do i want to be successful do I want people to like me? I mean, everybody does to some extent, even though I don't, I don't really care about what people think, but yeah, I kind of do. Right. So it's just like coming to terms with that and the fact that I'm a human being and I want success. I want respect, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess just acceptance of the reality of things. What percentage of who you are is, when you're offline is similar to the Cole Hastings. If you had to put a number on it, similar to YouTube Cole Hastings, you, YouTube Cole uh, Hastings <laughs> number. I haven't thought about that. I would say the, the thing is, it's so hard to even ask yourself to answer the question, who am I? Right? Because I'm a different person sitting here right now. I'm a different person with the weed kids. I'm a different person with the, the more Kai Sigma. Party, with Kai Sigma. You know, it's like, I don't know. YouTube, so maybe YouTube Cole Hastings is just another part of me that's fully, fully authentically me. Mm -hmm. But I'd say in most situations, I'm kind of like the, I don't really talk much in real life. Mm. And maybe people who have seen my videos would be surprised at that, that I'm like introverted. I like being alone. I don't, I don't talk that much in real life. I'm not, I'm not the most sociable guy. And I have to be that on YouTube. You know, 
I want my videos to be engaging and me to have high energy, a lot of charisma. Like the way I'm talking on YouTube is much more, oh, hello, I'm Cole Hastings and I'm trying to do this with my voice so I sound better. So I would say the number that keeps popping in my head since you've asked that question is like 80% probably. Yeah. It's so fascinating to see this experiment unfold in front of our eyes. In the past, it would have been very rare for us to have so much of who we are on the internet on a different place. Yeah. And then for that to not be 100% us, it's like now it's even weirder because it's not acting and it's not reality. And it's somewhere in the middle of it acting is. and reality. It is. It is. Exactly. And so... I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting thing to think about because if you think about the mirror being an invention, it's I don't know how long the mirror's been around, but that changed society in a pivotal way. Because now for the first time, people could look at themselves and be like, oh no, I should look like this. I want to look like that. Mm. And now YouTube is a video version of the mirror. And so- I think social media in general. Yes. It just algorithms are a mirror. Yes. And they're not perfectly accurate. Mm -hmm. Like you're not. It's, it's, yeah, it's only a part of you kind of. Yeah. yeah. And everyone is looking at that mirror slightly differently. Right. And now you're, if you're not comfortable with yourself, you're thinking about how other people are thinking about you. And you're like, how are they perceiving me? In the, and this is why. That'll drive you crazy. And th this will drive you crazy. And it, that's why I speak so much about meditation. And I definitely would not be able to put myself out on the internet if I had not sat with myself and been comfortable with what I saw. Mm -hmm. And so how do you think about living in this incredible experiment that we've entered ourselves into? I think you brought up a really good point about driving yourself crazy about how other people are perceiving you mm. because... I had to come to terms with, and it took a really long time, that no matter what you say, no matter what your intention is with a piece of content, someone's, a different person, each different person is going to perceive that content differently. They're gonna take something different out of it, no matter what, what your intention is with it. So a lot of my videos, the intention is like positive, like this is what I want you to get out of it. And then I'll see a comment that's like, it's so stupid how you thought that blah, blah, blah. It's like, I didn't think that. What do you, what do you mean? Like, that's not what I was saying. So yeah, that's, I think that's, that's been prevalent in, I don't know, since people have written books, maybe, but probably not to the extent we've, we're now seeing it, but yeah, I think people perceive everybody's got a different definition of who I am in their head all my subscribers everyone who's seen my content and I've just again meditation helps with accepting that because it drives me a little crazy sometimes especially because I'm in a really I feel like unique position on YouTube where I'm in this self-improvement slash slash red pill space which seems to me to attract a lot of people on the, the right side of the political spectrum. Mm. Seems like the, that's where the majority of people are very traditional type of people bring back traditional values, get rid of modernity who have a lot of things to say about modern issues and think like they're all wrong. Mm. And they see, you know, this 
tall, white, muscular guy, and they think this guy's a conservative. I even had someone comment that uh, when I put out a podcast yesterday. He's like, I, I'm surprised to hear you're left-leaning. You know, you seem like this conservative guy to me. I'm like, no, no I'm, <laughs> I'm not. And I'm, I, I am more left-leaning, but I don't even like to, I'm politically homeless, right. as people say, because I just don't want to get into politics. I just think it's the whole thing is, I don't know. That's, that's a story for another day. But, yeah, I have to come to terms with that on a frequent basis of, like, people – you say just one thing and they automatically assume you mean this. Uh, or if you are in a certain niche, they automatically assume you are this type of person. And specifically with that one thing, I remember in my video about the masculinity crisis, I said, I did this as an experiment. I literally just said the word toxic and I'm like, I know there's gonna be a bunch of 14 year olds who love Andrew Tate, who are going to comment and say, you don't know fucking anything about tox toxic masculinity doesn't exist. That's not even what I was trying to say. I literally just wanted to use the word toxic because I knew that word in their head, automa they automatically associate it with toxic masculinity, people hating on masculinity. Wasn't trying to do that at all. So that's, that's how I navigated it and I've kind of just accepted it kind of <laughs> it's work you're working through it yeah it sounds like yeah it. but but that's okay and i think that it's it's difficult because you're living through something that very few people have ever had to experience even if you think about an actor from yeah. 20 years ago well they're not getting the immediate feedback of the cultural references and it's like that feedback is coming from an article or some articles so there is some blueprint to go off but this is an entirely new thing. What would, what advice would you give to the kid who had a thousand subscribers after three years about dealing with this issue? I mean, I don't know if I can say anything more than what I've said is just, you're going to have to come to terms with that's, that's how people are going to perceive you is mm -hmm. the way they want to. People will only hear what they want to hear and see what they want to see. Mm. no matter what you do so just try every time you put out a piece of content say this is my intention with it and if somebody doesn't agree or they misinterpret it yeah maybe i could have done better at explaining what i was trying to explain but at the end of the day it's because that person's reality and their beliefs about things are just vastly different from what I'm trying to say. So that's, that's all you can do. There's, no, there's, I, and I think the more you try to explain yourself, actually there's probably a sweet spot where you should explain yourself a little bit, but not explain yourself, not explain anything at all and explain yourself too much. Somewhere in the middle between those things is good. Uh, but if you really o try to over explain it, you're only gonna cloud the intention for the viewer even more so don't try to over explain it set an intention do the best you can know that people are going to disagree with it because that's whatever they associate with something you said is bad for them or wrong for them and that's the way that life is for everything it's true how do you think about making a good youtube video so 
just the video aspect or like promoting it to like thumbnail and title you want to talk about that let's go into it okay so thumbnail and title are probably the biggest the most important thing to a video on youtube because if they don't click on it they're not going to watch your video so when i think of what how i think about thumbnails and titles has evolved over the years i think during a period of time between like the 100 to 300k subscribers actually maybe like 50 to 100 to 300k 50 to 300k it was like I wanted the viewer to see my thumbnail and say to themselves, that's me. So in a lot of my thumbnails during that time, I would act like, <laughs> I would act super sad and like depressed and have maybe have some like relatable text. Like one of my videos for people feeling incomplete in life. It's like me standing in the middle of the street, just staring blankly at the camera and in the middle of the text is, it's never enough something like that it's like that's me that's what i wanted them i wanted them to connect with the th thumbnail and title in that way but now uh i guess it really depends on the video i think the most important thing that i've learned from youtubers like mr beast uh leon who we both know leon hendrix who's very very talented youtuber is you want to invoke some sort of curiosity out of them so the best thumbnails and titles are the ones that leave the viewer, the potential viewer saying, I need to know what is going to happen. I need to click on this. Uh, so thinking about that before you make a thumbnail and title and the way to produce something like that or invoke that sort of curiosity. <laughs> if I mean, I try to keep my titles pretty simple the ones that are performing best for me lately have been like these video essays where it's like the masculinity crisis colon a generation of hopeless men so i kind of it's like the title and then more of an explanation of the problem with the rise of npcs colon why critical thinking is dead uh and there's enough like curiosity there but you're not giving so much away in the the title so it's like i want to see what happens i want to see what this person is talking about so that kind of works for me right now and then thumbnails you know you want them to pop you want them to be pretty saturated and colorful and again you could go with the over the top route or you could you could have some something in it that's like it just leaves them curious like is this really what happens like you could have more of the answer to the video in the thumbnail uh than what's in the title so like maybe one of the example of one of the examples of leon's videos where he's like how dopamine detoxing changed my brain he's got a before and after and that's like it's showing more of what the title suggesting how it changes brain it's literally showing the change in his his, his mri scan it's like i gotta see how he did that because he's not revealing everything, but he's, it's clear enough to the point where it's just like, I'm curious, I wanna know more. So that's that's what I would say for like the titles and thumbnails. Again, I'm not a YouTube expert. For three years, I had a thousand subscribers. You know, I don't know that much. <laughs> uh, I just kind of understand my audience at this point. Mm. And I think that's really important too, is to know what audience you're trying to build if you don't have one, or like what your audience is already watching and what they want. That's also important. 
But as for the, the actual meat of the video, I would say, again, it's, it's just the, being the most engaging, the most, the highest audience retention is what you're looking for. That means that they're watching it for as, as long as possible. Most engaging for me has been storytelling. Uh, what really blew me up on YouTube was telling stories about my life in a relatable way. You don't have to be relatable on YouTube, but that's what worked for me. I feel like people connected with me because they felt like they saw a part of themselves in the stories that I would tell about my past. And my YouTube channel is aimed towards my audiences, like people like a few years, like, like Cole first starting off on his self-improvement journey back in college is what my, my audience is what I aim for my content to be. So I'll tell stories about my past life with college and how I used to be and some problem I had or some really sad situation I went through and how I overcame that the whole story behind how I did that instead of just saying, Hey, here's five ways to be less depressed. It's like, here's my story, how I got through it and take what you want from that story. Being an engaging storyteller took, it takes a while. I still don't think I'm that great of a storyteller. Uh, reading fiction definitely helped, honestly. Any fiction in particular? I, I really love Dune. I, there's one book I always recommend that's like a self-improvement fiction book that, that is really inspiring. I want to write a self-improvement fiction book one day as well. You've written a book, which I have written a book that was we'll get just nonfiction. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but it's called Zorba the Greek. And it's basically just this story about this really old guy in not ancient Greece, but I would say like, I don't know how long back a few hundred years him and his friend who's a little bit younger than him they go to like crete the island of crete and they're just mining there and trying to make a living and there's this little village there and they just like kind of go on this adventure and along the way the old guy is kind of just teaching the young guy how to be more present-minded just enjoy life and it's just uh, the writing is so good Every, it's like you, if you feel like you're really there, I think that's what's, what's really important with storytelling is like, you want the person to be transported to the place you're telling. And now I make self-improvement fiction story videos that are solely just stories. Instead of starting a video off with a story and then explaining how I got through it and like what you should do to get through it too, the whole video will just be a story. So you can create some sort of fictional story like that. I do that. You can check that out or pursuit of wonders. Also a good channel that does that. Uh, if you want to make a video, that's just a story of something you filmed this, like instead of a past story, look at Leon, Leon Hendricks. He's very good storyteller. He tells stories through doing what he does in the videos. Uh, yeah, those are the best things. Like, tr not like just trying to keep them engaged. Of course, good editing helps definitely, hundred percent. Uh, becoming better at editing, people, most people will take note of quality of videos. If you improve your editing, your camera work, all that, people notice that, and they're more likely to 
subscribe and watch the video till the end too. Uh, but really just the most important things are like the script and engaging story usually produces a higher audience retention. How do you think about creating videos for the previous version of yourself versus creating videos for the person you are today or the person you want to be? Hmm. I talked to this, Nat Eliason really brought this point to me is that he's trying to write for like an audience above him hmm. sometimes. And I just thought that was such an interesting concept because it takes you to a different place. It makes you're thinking like, oh, what would Cole five years from now think versus what would Cole five years ago think? Obviously, it's way easier to explain to the person you were the things you did to get to this point. But there's also some benefit to trying to push beyond your current limits and making videos for that person or making yep. content for that person. Yes. How do you think about that? So I think, yeah, my content's evolved over the past few years, I think it's moved away from the me telling a sad story about my past because it's like, dude, how many more anecdotes <laughs> can I possibly bring up in a video? It's like, I've talked about, yes, my girlfriends have dumped me in the past. I didn't fit in yada, yada, yada. It's like, I don't have that many stories that I can bring <laughs> up and it got kind of stale. So now the tooth, well, I mean, there's three real main things I focus on is the coal now really likes video essays. So I write video essays on modern issues. And those videos have honestly been doing the best on my channel. All of them have gotten way more views than like my average, like just self-improvement videos. Uh, the second one is doing some sort of, I, I guess, challenge or just creating the story mm. uh, with, with, with the video. So I have an idea for a video and I want to make a story out of the filming process of that video. So example of that it was my trying to boost my testosterone in two weeks video so yeah i filmed the whole process of trying to boost my testosterone and that was like a that's like a good viral formula too it's what leon uses in a lot of his videos too and <clears throat> i find that really enjoyable too because like i don't have any i don't have many more stories about my past i can even tell so it's like i gotta move on and I got to create, I have on, to create Cole. the stories now. I want to create the stories as they are happening and film them yeah. and make a story out of the, the journey instead of story out of the journey that already happened. So I feel like now, yeah, I'm, I am making, and when I do make strictly like a self-improvement topic related video, it's like an evolved version from the, my past self-improvement related videos where it's not just really simple advice i don't like i just can't bring myself to make a, another video about just like meditating or working out it's like these have been beaten down to a pulp especially in the self-improvement community everybody fucking talks about that stuff it's like that's not new i'm thinking to myself how can i present information in a completely different way that someone else has or just a more detailed version that dives deeper into uh, that issue that you have in a way that maybe you've never heard before. So that's how I go about making content now. Yeah, it's definitely changed over the years. I love that. And I think that one key point about what you just said is that it's about taking something that everyone knows or that works, but then adding and making it different in some way. Yes. And so I always, I'm thinking more and more 
since I've seen some of my friends like really explode on social media is like they're just doing one thing differently. They're yes. taking something that works and doing one thing. Yep. And it's like, huh, that's an interesting formula for business, for podcasting, for YouTube videos, for whatever it is. It's like, how could you make one tweak that could have exponential results? Yes. Yeah. What is that for you? I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure that out. Mm. I'm trying to think about that. Like my buddy suggested, why don't you do walking podcasts? Now I'm putting that out there so people can take it. <laughs> yeah, That'd be interesting. I've it's never like, seen that. Well, you've never seen it, so you're, you're instantly going to be like, what is that? That's interesting. I've mm -hmm. never never thought about it. It's like the content could be the same as the conversation we just had, but it could be in a... And it's more difficult to do. No one's done it before. So your immediate reaction to that is like, no, no, no. But the difficulty is actually the opportunity. Yeah. Mm. So something i've been thinking about but i look forward to seeing that <laughs> now nah, i put it out into the world now <laughs> yes. i have to create a walking podcast yes. let's see what else we got from our notes here that we can tackle here because dude this has been all sorts of fun yes yes it has writing a book yes the middle way the middle way yes that book <laughs> what is what is that all about so you you say that with some level of like <laughs> i can't believe i wrote a book or like <laughs> no, it's more like it's not i can't believe i wrote a book it's it's not i can't believe i wrote a book it's like mm, that <laughs> book it's all right <laughs> why are you not I, I look back on it i think it's uh, again it's just it reflects who i was during that time and the type of content i was putting out it's just different it was not a, it didn't evolve into a or it hadn't evolved into what I make now. And so I think for a beginner, it's a good book. I think it's a pretty solid book. Uh, there's very small chapters that all have a different piece of advice that I learned. That was like, that's like the less refined, much less refined, less detailed version of my course almost. Mm. It's like every a combination of everything I had learned up until that point in self-improvement, and I just put it into that book and i wrote about it uh but the the overarching theme of the book is the middle way and the subtitle is how to strategically use laziness to enhance your creative power and that it, so the the overarching theme is like you got to try for things and you got to try really hard but don't force things you know learn to be lazy in a way that is productive which is by doing nothing what we've been talking about meditation stuff like that just fucking around in ways that aren't just scrolling through your phone and being super stimulated uh i, I want to just harp on that point because a lot of people think like doing nothing or doing or just exploring is like some sort of they shouldn't be doing that right unproductive it's but the that's where you find the joy. That's where you find the thing you, you commit yourself to mm -hmm. by exploring. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, if you're in that stage of your life of like, I don't know what I'm doing, you're going towards something and your attention is going somewhere. And I think it's worth like asking yourself, even if it's not like a quote unquote right thing to do, or it's not like optimal. Like for example, let's say somebody really likes hanging out at the bar. Well, maybe they're supposed to be a bartender, mm -hmm. right? Like maybe all their gifts are to interact with people in that way. And I'm, I think all the time about like how we label things as good and bad and how because of that people, they don't know what to do or they're, 
they're less inclined to do the thing that actually right. calls them because right. going to the bar is bad. But what if going to the bar is actually an expression of your unique gifts in some way? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I try to preach that in a lot of my videos. It's like, there's no right, perfect archetype of a perfect person. Yeah. It's, that's a completely subjective, uh, experience or word for everybody. The right archetype is going to look different for everybody. hundred percent. So I cut you off about the middle way. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, the, 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 the chapters are very short and I just want to say, this is something also I had an idea for, for years in the past and it took me years to like finally do it. Wow. Uh, I remember being in my kitchen, I don't know, probably making food or something. And I had like just started self-improvement. I want to say so back in like 2016, 2017, 2017. And that <laughs> title just popped in my head one day. It's it must've been when I was like more into spirituality and learning about Eastern philosophy and religion and the middle way is from Buddhism. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write this down. One day I'm going to write this book. I don't know when it is, but I'll write it. And I eventually 2020 when everything happened at once for me pandemic girlfriend dumps me i move out of my parents house i got a lot of time on my hands like every night i'm gonna spend at least like 30 minutes just writing as much as i can uh and i look back on that i'm like damn i was really disciplined when it comes to that that's crazy because like every single day i was sitting down pretty much to write and I don't know how that became a habit so quickly, but I'm, I'm really happy that I stuck to it and just independently published it on Amazon and I sell the digital copy on my website Sick. and it was a, it was a really good accomplishment. Definitely writing a book was, it was cool. Yeah. It's like a hundred something pages and yeah, that was, that was one of my, one of my biggest accomplishments accomplishments that I wanted to complete and having a physical copy of your own book in your hands and like seeing the cover and yourself on the back of it. It's weird. It's, it was cool though. Just another sign to show the progress that you made. Right. Right. So I, could you see yourself, if you had to write a book today, what would it be on? So like, like I said, I want to have my next book be a like almost self-improvement fiction book. Ah, that's right. I haven't really read any nonfiction at all the past almost two years now. It seems like it's been only fiction. I feel like I've gotten to the point in <clears throat> self-improvement content, all of it. It's like, I know what I have to do. Mm. Watching a video about a basic, a general self-improvement thing. It's like, it's not going to help me. You've advanced beyond. Yes. Yes. And now that's, that's the type of videos I'm trying to make is for the people who have like gotten past the first level of self-improvement and are like, just trying to evolve, still get better. Uh, but want something more than just the typical advice and fiction has been a really good way of helping me to express that sort of evolution and i've enjoyed writing the short stories that have life lessons on my youtube channel which i created a whole playlist on now and i just yeah i love writing stories i love and it's 
it's just such a fun creative process that I don't, I really have the most general idea. And this is how I write all my videos apart from just short form or short stories with life lessons is I'll have like a general idea of what to write, but I don't, I don't like list out things I want to hit. I'm, I just start writing and I hope it turns out good. And that's how like all of my sh short stories have been is like, I figure out the next thing to write when I'm writing it. It just, and it just creates a story out of my head and it just feels good when you complete it. And it, it feels impactful, way more impactful watching a video like that for me. That, and that's why I make content like that now. So yeah, my next book going to be something like that fiction book. I definitely need to get, to become a better writer though. <laughs> uh, just writing a whole book, whole fiction book, even though I've read a lot of fiction books and I've written a lot now as a YouTuber, I, I feel like I need to read a book about how to write books. I got some recommendations you do? for you. Okay, I'll good. link them down below for people as well. Good. Um, I'm super excited to see that book come to fruition. And I've seen this trend of nonfiction writers go towards the fiction mm. realm. And I have a few people in my head who I can think of from that. I don't want to bring up their names in case they, they haven't publicly announced anything like that, but super cool. I can't wait to read that. I like to end these podcasts with a challenge for people. Okay. A challenge points to the place in your heart. You think that from everything we've spoken about or something we haven't, that people should take some action from the conversation. Does a challenge come to mind for anything we've spoke about or anything we haven't? Boy, that's a, that's a loaded question. Oh yeah. Uh, I might have to think about it for a little bit. A challenge I would like people to take. Because we do these podcasts, we talk about a lot of cool stuff, but then it's just not, make it not consumption. Make it something right. that you do actionable after. Actionable step, yeah. yes. An actionable step. <clears throat> I guess if you are unhappy with you, where you currently are in life, just ask yourself, what is the smallest next step I need to take to start moving in the right direction? I think one of the biggest things that stops people from doing things that re require so much work is because they're thinking about how much work it takes. But when you break it down into the smallest, simplest steps, this is what I do with all my everything, building my YouTube channel was, what's the next thing I have to do? Okay, I have to write the script for this video. Okay, what's the, after I'm done with that? Okay, what's the next thing? I gotta put all these things, all these clips into Premiere Pro. Just write down the smallest next step and take action on it within 24 hours. Just start some sort of momentum and you're not going to be motivated right away. You have to take action to be motivated. It's not the other way around. You don't wait for motivation to take action. So I guess that was, that's what I would say. Cole, it's been such a pleasure. So grateful for you. YouTube channel link down below. Anywhere else we should send people. My Instagram is Cole Hastings underscore, no spaces. I post reels on there, sometimes recipes, high protein recipes, because that started off as a kind of fitness account. And I still got a lot of followers like that. And then I also post snippets of my YouTube videos as well as just like other improvement related reels, a lot of reels on there. So 
can check me out there. And if you're interested in joining the self-mastery course, ultimate self-mastery course, that's on my website, cole-hastings.com slash self-mastery. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. This was an absolute pleasure. So grateful for you. Yes.